everybody, it's Joel from the Board Game Mechanics. With me, with with me, as always, is Hey guys, what is going on? It is Jason. And I just wanna I just wanna thank all of you guys for listening. We know we got bumped in our time slot. We're on that Sunday nine o'clock time slot. You could be watching the big ice dragon. But <laughs> we're glad you're here with us instead. Uh, so thanks for being here. And I what happened that we got the nine o'clock Sunday night time slot? That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, our stock is falling, I think. I don't know. We made somebody mad. <laughs> yeah. It's episode 70, Jason. 70. Like, that's that's something to think about there. That is. That's crazy, man. Um, I actually did some math on this. If you sat someone in a car in New York City and you started them and you, and you had them listen from episode one to episode 70 and just drive until they're done listening to every episode of the Board Game Mechanics... That person would end up being very unhappy. They would be <laughs> so mad. They would just they would hate things. They would not enjoy life at all if they had to do that. So I, I thought you were gonna say they would still be stuck in traffic. That too. They would have made it to uh New Jersey, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. Well, uh today we're gonna talk about our favorite box art. We're gonna talk about the games we've played like we always do. And Jason's got some tidbits of news i think so uh things are winding up with the news a little bit too i think so i jason you better bring the heat i'm, I'm calling your shot so we'll see what you did here all right so i found a couple things on kickstarter that i thought were interesting and you were right it is picking up there are some there are more and more interesting games every every time i look at it so Let's get started. Uh, the first one that I wanted to talk about is a game called Bites, and it's by designer Chad Deshawn. And I looked at this game a little bit, and I still don't know exactly what it is or how it plays, but I know that you're these little ants, and you're moving around trying to collect different pieces of food that are worth different points. But the weird thing is it has all of these following mechanisms. It has commodity speculation, take that, variable setup, price manipulation, and a player can move any ant that they want. So if that seems interesting to you, there are a couple of videos on the page. I just didn't get a chance to watch them. And it's $24 and there are 13 days left. So maybe go check it out if it looks cool. Throw us some support. I hate this game. And here's why. I have carpenter ants like all through my house. <laughs> so yeah, like an it. infestation. So I mean like uh, to the point where I think I'm going to have to have the exterminator come in. And then if they come back, I'll have to like tear out walls and be like, where's their hive? And why are they eating my wood in my house? So Ooh, that sucks. Um, yeah, it's almost as bad as like buying a BMW and then having <laughs> the engine blow up two days later. <laughs> I think the ants are actually worse. <laughs> they might be actually because um, they could really destroy your whole house. But um, right, yeah, well, they're not termites. They don't. So this is the more, you know, Um Carpenter ants take years to destroy your house, and they don't, they don't actually destroy wood. They just eat up, like, destroyed wood. So, like, if you have a moisture problem in your house and, like, you have rotten wood in your house, they'll definitely use that to make tunnels and stuff. But termites actually eat wood. So, if you get termites in your house, you're toast, man. You got to get those suckers treated quick. So, my carpenter ants, I'm not as worried about, but I'm still not backing this game. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the next game I wanted to talk about is a 3D version of a game that came out a while ago called Kodama. And this game is called Aptly Kodama 3D. Uh, I didn't do much research into this because it looks like it plays the same way. It's just instead of playing cards down on the table, you're building up 
and you're hanging the little people and the different kinds of bugs on individual branches on a tree, kind of like in a dexterity type fashion. So it looks it looks really nice. It has the same artwork as the previous game. So if you liked Kodama and you wanted maybe a different version of it, go check this one out. This one is also $24 and also has 13 days left. So yeah, there is that. Does it have the same like wood nymph or whatever that guy is? Uh, yeah, the little white guy thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he's still there hanging out. Kodama is pretty awesome. Actually, um, I have that one. And what I like about it is the dry race boards and stuff that are really nice. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it is pretty nice. And and it's kind of hard to explain to like new gamers. So it's like a gateway game, like in like terms of like complexity and how hard it should be. But like new people just can't quite figure out how to get points and score. So it's kind of the same thing that Bunny Kingdom suffers from. Like Bunny Kingdom, whenever I play it, I'm like, hey, just play bingo like you're just going to put bunnies in there and try and make little groups of them and then when time for scoring comes around people are like i have no idea how to score this when you score my stuff so i think uh that's that's my two cents on kodama and and bunny kingdom which you didn't talk about at all but um yeah <laughs> yeah i probably won't back this one but it does look cool and i know a lot of people like this game and i've played it a couple times and it's okay but yeah that's cool i love avenue i just can't handle kodama right yeah i think they're the same game right uh, Kodama is actually Kokoro is the Kodama version oh, of Avenue. Right, right. Yeah, Kodama is yeah, a little right. different. Uh huh. Same same family of games. Yes, yes, correct. Uh, and the final game I wanted to talk about is the second expansion for Merlin, and it is called Knights of the Round Table. And what this one's going to do is it's going to give each player a couple player powers that are going to help them throughout the game. I think that's all it does is it has twelve different knights that can come into the game to give you special powers or let you break some rules. It's $18 and it has nine days left. It's queen. So they said they would be delivering in August of this year. So that's cool. I believe it. They deliver stuff really fast. Oh yeah. That means that they're already printed up, ready to go. They just want to make some money. Yeah. Pre-orders. Yep. At MSRP. Yep. That's fine. Whatever, whatever makes some money. Yeah. So I might back this one cause I like Merlin a lot and I have Arthur and I like to have all of it. Yeah, I uh, Merlin's one that we've never gotten to play uh, in our meetups because it's got like kind of a daunting setup. It seems. Um, yes, it's, or maybe not daunting, but like just more than you wanted to do. Yeah, it takes a while. Uh, it seems it seems terrible based on p- how people describe it, but I'm sure it's actually good. Like people are like, well, it's a roll and move, but it has all the math and stuff of a Feld game. Right. That doesn't sound good. It does seem terrible, but it's really good. Like it, the mechanisms don't seem like they go together, but the way that they work are really good. Well, cool. Have you played um, Form Trajanum yet or Trajanum yet? I have not yet. Jason. I know. It's on my Jason. agenda. I moved my shelves around and I can actually see it now. So maybe that'll help me get to play it. I'm going to be excited for you to play that one because the last game that I was like, oh, this is a good Jason game was Newton. And I think this one's going to be darn near as high on your list as Newton. Wow. I'm just going to say that right now. You want to start us off with what you played? Yep, I can do that. Tanto Quare. Uh, part of the reason why I played this recently is there's going to be some reviews coming out, and that's all I can talk about that right now. But essentially what this game is, is it's a Dominion-style game, so a deck builder, with risque anime art, with gameplay that's a little bit better than Dominion. Actually, I think it's a lot better than Dominion because the theme kind of really does help it <laughs> with what you're doing in the game. And some of the way the cards work just work a little better than Dominion. So as far as deck builders go, this is probably my favorite or second favorite one. 
and I have all the expansions now. You now have three of the games that will be coming your way here shortly. So thanks to Japanime Games for that. And you'll see more about all that later. Yeah. Um, what what are the newer expansions on this one? Um, the newest one is Winter Romance that introduces the butlers. So now there's some male scantily clad dudes. Um, there's Romantic Vacation, Oktoberfest, where they're like bar winches. There's Expanding the House, which is just gives you more cards. Like it's like the base set, but number two. And then there's the regular set. Cool. So there's like a maybe even a couple sets in there you didn't even know about or didn't hadn't seen. No, I I knew about them all. Did you? Yeah, I just didn't. Oh, I just cool. didn't have them all yet. Gotcha. No, well now now I think you're all set, man. Yep, I'm good. I need the big box now. Yeah, uh, that game's like coming up on ten years old. It seems like. Yeah, it's pretty close to that. I think. Kerwink. <laughs> um. <laughs> they're, they're not gonna listen to this podcast. We're fine. <laughs> um. No, I I think uh, I think look for a lot of reviews of that game from Jason coming up, and probably a few from me even. So, um, Japan Anime Games has been awesome to us, and we're going to try and be awesome to them. So, yep, agreed. Um, yeah, a shout out to our guy David over there. Good, one of the better guys in board gaming, I think. I would agree totally. Cool. Um, and I'd love to get him on the show. So maybe we'll get him on the show someday. Uh, yeah, and that'd be cool. Maybe we'll put him in a three series BMW and say, you've got to drive 70 hours <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh. All right. Well, I played, I'm going to talk about, uh, let's go with Skull. Uh, mine's called Skull and Roses. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this one on the show or not, but I really love this game. It ends up being a lot of fun because you make yourself look really stupid sometimes. Because what happens in this game is basically you put down a coaster and on the back side of that coaster, the, the face down side is either a rose or a skull. As you go around the table, it's kind of a bidding game. You put down another coaster is one choice that you have. And then you pass the bid or choice selection to the next guy at the table. Or you can say, I think I can find two roses. And then it starts a bidding process. And so then what happens basically is everyone bids on how many roses they can find without finding a skull. But the caveat is you have to flip your own coasters first. You also have to flip from top to bottom on everyone else's. So like there's a lot of bluffing in this game because you put a skull down and you start bidding and you're like, I hope someone takes this bid from me because if I've got to flip my own coasters, I'm toast. Like there's a skull in my pile. But then also you want to seem like you're confident enough about not having a skull in your pile that someone's like, hey, he was willing to bid. So hopefully he has no skulls in his pile. But then you do and you like make them lose one of their coasters. And basically the way how you win the game is by either calling your shot and finding that many roses twice or by being the last person with coasters, because you lose a coaster if you pick a skull up. So uh, that's skull and roses or skull. Um, you could play it with a deck of cards, honestly, um, but it's really fun with those chunky coasters, and uh, it's one of the better like liars dice type games out there. A lot of fun. Um, just I, every time I play it with people, there's a lot of laughing and just I don't know. It's just fun. Did you play the new version, the just skull one? No, I played Skull and Roses. Okay, all right. I wasn't sure which one you had or played. I, I, I'm not sure if there's any difference other than like. The new Skull version has like kind of plain looking coaster backs. Mine has like these different factions that don't do anything different, but they just look like motorcycle gangs. <laughs> it's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. This game does this game does seem neat. I've never played it, but it does look cool. It's fun. It's really fun and it's super quick. Like you can play it in maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So, it's just a perfectly good filler. Cool. All right, speaking of quick games that you can play that are fillers, um, I actually played Loop and Louie. I've actually played it about 50 times since I've bought it. 
it's a good game, man. Yeah, it is fun. I actually did a video and posted it as of the time of this recording. My girls love it. My little one really loves it. So we'll play it like 10 times in a row. So we're playing it for 30 minutes. But what this game is, everybody knows what Lupin Louie is. There's this little guy in a Red Baron plane. He's flying around trying to hit your little stupid chickens that are in your your pen. And if you knock all three of your, if he knocks all three of your chickens, you're out of the game. And then last person standing is the winner. I don't know what the real rules are. We just play multiple games over and over. I think there's an actual way to play. Like if you keep winning, you have to start with two chickens or something. But that's dumb. Just play the game, have fun, and yeah. it's silly and a good time. So that's Loop and Louie. And if you lose all your discs, you have to take a shot of hard liquor. That's how you play with your little girls, right? <laughs> yeah, my little one, man. <laughs> it's, it's not going well. <laughs> She's never going to grow. Um. Uh, that's that's a fun game though, I, and I'm gonna go ahead and give myself the title of uh, board game curator because I think I think uh, I've got like I'm like two for two this year for board game suggestions for you. So, but this one dollar for dollar a great buy oh, yeah. because I bought mine on Amazon for like seven bucks and I think yours was on Target for like around that price. Yes, yeah, so it was like six fifty or something like that. Insane, a lot of fun for that money. Totally agree. And the new Loop and Louie version, like I think the one that I might be totally wrong on this, but I think the old version might use C batteries, which like who has C batteries? <laughs> and this one just uses double A's, right. which is kind of awesome. Yeah, I have Loop and Chewy as well, um, but yeah, Loop and Louie is way cooler, I think, because four people can play for one thing. But I don't know, just like chickens on a barn roof that are getting hit by a <laughs> barnstormer—that's yeah. pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Jason. I'm going to have to, uh, oh boy, we're going to spark up a debate here. Played Vino's 2016, really liked it, to the point where I might think 2016 might be my choice on that one now, to be honest. I mean, like I just like how it's streamlined a little bit. I like how you don't have the punishing going to the bank thing. I like how quick the, the uh, wine fair is. Um, just really enjoyed it. Um, played with some really new to gaming gamers. Like guys who've played like not even like ticket to ride type gamers and they were able to hang with it and play it. So I'm pretty excited that it's all Lisbo and Kanban from here. So um, anyway, Lisbo 2016, really liked it. In this game, you're basically moving a guy to one of nine spots, taking the action that goes along with it to grow vineyards, make some wine that goes into your cellars. It can You don't have a cellar to start, but you can get a cellar to age your wine and improve your quality. And then you export the wine or sell it for money. Money is so tight this whole game. And then another big piece of, of uh, engine, another part of the the points engine is when you send wines to a fair and get some points there. So it's it's really interesting because I've seen people win this game by totally ignoring the wine fair, just exporting their best wine, which is, I think, a valid strategy. Um, so anyway, Vinos, not Lisboa. Yeah, it's that's not a valid strategy in the 2010 version. You will lose. You think? Yeah, if you don't focus on the wine fair at all, you will lose. Yeah, I, man, I don't know. I, I guess you might have to do something on it, but like, I wouldn't mind getting, I guess it depends on your player count too, because like at three players, everybody gets points, you know? So it's like, just enter some junk wine in there and like, you'll still get some points, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the the bank space on the 2016? There's two version. vineyard spaces. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Which makes it way less punishing too, because then you're not paying a dollar to buy vineyards all the time. That's true. Yeah. That would be nice. The the punishing does does start to wear on me after a while. No, I, I really like the 2016 and to the point where, I don't know, man. I don't know what 
what space Viticulture occupies in my in my game collection anymore. Like I know it's a good game, and I haven't played it in a really long time, so I might need to play it again to just remember how good it is. And they're very different mechanically, but I like Vinos a lot better. Um, they're totally different games. I get that, and I just need to play Viticulture again to just remember how good it is. Probably because they really are. They're just completely different games. I mean, like one has spaces on a board, another one has like kind of a array that you move your guy to you know what i mean so i don't know it's and then like the thing on viticulture that i think is really cool is that like bonus that you get for being the first one to go there that you really want to try and get which makes your decisions a little more interesting too so i don't know i'm not ready to say viticulture is not going to be in my collection because like it's clearly a great game but i think vinos is really good really good um not enough people have played it i would say that yeah i agree with you a hundred percent and if i could only play Vinos by playing the 2016 version. I would play that rather than not play it at all. But you like the 2010. But I, the, yeah. The thing about it is, I think for you, you like that extra layer of like thinkiness and the extra layer of like tightness. And I don't care about that as much as you do. And then I really hate fiddliness. And so, like to me, the wine fair feels really fiddly to to me at times in the 2010. I get that. It's a little fiddly, yeah. So I don't know. I guess you know what we can still be buddies. We're teaching we're teaching the world this right now. You can still be buddies if you don't like 2010 or 2016. You can still be buddies with each other. Truth. And I don't think it's that we don't like it. It's just we have a preference, maybe. Well, my edition is only 2010, so <laughs> I don't even have the option to try the other one. Oh, you actually can do a conversion on it. All you have to do is like out of the six fold board, just tear the last two panels of the board <laughs> off, and then it's basically okay. the 2010. <laughs> okay, I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah no yours the other thing too i think you said this you said this and i will i will definitely come around to your way of thinking on this i think the eno tool version like if you're gonna hang both the boards on the wall and be like which one's a piece of art Eno tools board is more beautiful but yours definitely like the symbology on it and the graphic design is like oh yeah that makes sense when you look at it whereas when you look at like the 2010 version on Eno tools graphic design laid out one you're like wait where does it reference that or why wait, where are these tracks at and how do they work and where do they get? I mean, like it just doesn't have quite the flow to it. I think that the, what's your game version has. So I'll definitely grant you that. Yep. I agree. Awesome. I guess that's what we played. So this week, uh, I forget, I think, I don't know. I was looking around in my, my game room and I just thought I had some game boxes that looked pretty slick. So I thought, Hey, what about, doing favorite box art that's all really a lie katie suggested hey why don't you do favorite box art and i was like yeah that's a good idea because i have no ideas at all (laughs) so that's what we're doing this week so we each have three that we're going to talk about we might do some honorable mentions or special recommendations since we're in spiel season so if we feel the the need to do that we'll do that later so yeah that's what we got this week I uh, I was jotting these notes down as I was falling asleep that I have for this game. So um, some of these games are really beautiful, but I'm going to say the name wrong because I just am having a hard time with it. <laughs> Do you want me to go first, Jason? I feel like I always go last and get the like great reveal. I'll, I'll go first this time if you want me to. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I'm going to say my number three is I haven't even looked at yours, so we might have three crossovers. Um, this is just a fun box. It's not necessarily the most beautiful box, but I like the palette and I like the aesthetic of it in general. Um, and it definitely is like a good amount of theming that comes through with this game. And that's Dinosaur Island. I just think it's got like a fun color combination, a fun just overall palette. 
really enjoy it. Um, and it's just kind of silly, fun, like how they have that slap bracelet in there too. makes it more fun. Um, it just all looks like my childhood when you would wear like those hyper color jogging jackets and stuff. So Dinosaur Island is a really beautiful game and I love playing it and it gets my number three slot. Yeah, that is a good pick. I'll just go ahead and say that's not one of my three, but I did consider it. So cool. yeah, good pick. All right. My number three is actually a game that I was championing for a while after last year's Origins. And it is a game about a tree and some cherries and a legend and some 10 years. And it's called Legend of the Cherry Tree that Blossoms Every 10 Years. And this game is essentially nothing but artwork because the components are just these little plastic pieces in a bag. But the rule book is is beautiful. The box cover has this gorgeous cherry tree on the cover with this... uh, lady with a little parasol and an awesome pagoda and the color palette is just really nice. So that's my number three. Cause I think the box is beautiful and I really dig this game. So the legend of the cherry tree that blossoms every 10 years. Cool. Uh, that is a really pretty game. I am terrible at it cause I don't do well with push your luck. Cause I have no part of my brain that understands consequences. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> um, well, Jason, uh, my number two, man, we should have done like five. We're going to be done soon. Uh, my number, my number two is a, bo- the box is really awesome looking, but it's not art even. And it's not like a detailed box with anything cool on it. It's just, it's cool. The aesthetic of it is just cool. It's a cool font selection. It's a cool color. It's got cool, like just ornamentation on it. And then when you open the game up, the box is one of the most cool looking or one of the boards, one of the coolest looking boards, the, the characters in it are some of the coolest looking characters. Um, just awesome, 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 like cool vaudevillian looking art in it. So, Jason, you got to know what I'm talking about by now. The bloody inn. No. Good thought, though. Trickerion. Ah, uh, yeah. The yeah. box isn't that great, but the art in the game is just awesome. So that's why I put it on here. I broke the rules. What do you know? <laughs> Speaking of that, I want to add the bloody inn to my honorable mentions. Ooh, good work. <laughs> I like that guy's art. Yeah, yeah it is interesting. It's different. Like the art looks like the Adams Family animated series, like or something. I don't know. It's kind of cool art. That's true. Yeah, Trickerion is. I do enjoy the artwork in that game. I don't necessarily think the box is cool, but I agree with you that the artwork is really cool. I just like the cool. Like the box looks like a old like Cracker Jack box or something from the era, and it's just. I dig it. I really dig it. Cool. Yeah, I love that game. Um, my number two is a Days of Wonder game. And it is from designer Bruno Catala and somebody else, Mark Pacquian, I think. And the game is called Yamatai. I think the box for Yamatai is gorgeous. It has really beautiful colors that carry over into the game. And I enjoy looking at it, and it kind of makes me always want to get it off the shelf, even if I don't really want to play it. I'll look at it like, man, that game looks really good. Maybe I should play this game. And then I never do. But someday I will get it off the shelf because I like the colors and I think the box looks amazing. So my number two, Yamatai. Very pretty. You're right. This game's not held up with me very well, though. Um, I don't know why. Um, I liked it as well as Five Tribes at one point, but now I'd just rather play Five Tribes. And there's the inevitable comparison, and I'm not sure why. I guess Bruno's the designer on both, similar aesthetics. Um, Both of them involve like kind of moving things around. I don't know. Um, But... I haven't played this game in probably close to two years, um, and it's just uh, a really pretty game, but I just, I don't know. I don't enjoy the game as much as I, I wish I did. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I may like Five Tribes better, but I still do really like this one. 
Well, Jason, number one, you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm going to go with Near and Far. That's the one I'm going to pick. But Ryan Lockett's games are all really pretty. And Near and Far is my favorite. I like the cover of it, the art, the palette. Everything's really great. Above and Below is really great, too. Uh, even even Empires of the Void, too, uh, is pretty great. He's got a distinct style. But I really do like uh, Near and Far. Um, it's just got a great set of art in it and then the board is like a book and there's just kind of a cool looking map for every level so um near and far and then like i mean i don't know he has just so many cool looking games the architects ink game i think is what it's called is got has got nice art in it um all of it just has really good art so he's an amazing artist and near and far is my pick for him um i think i probably honestly could have picked two or three ryan lockett games because i just enjoy the art so much but this is my token pick because it's my favorite of his stuff near and far Number one for me. Yeah, I discussed some of his games. I've never played any, but I think the one that I like the best is um, the one that just came out. He didn't design it, but he just did the artwork. It's called Haven. It's a little box with like some woods and a forest on the cover. I think that game looks looks awesome. So I like the way that one looks a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so my number one is a game that I didn't really love the first time I played it. It's growing on me the more I play it, but... You cannot deny that the box is gorgeous. The cards are amazing. The production is just off the chain. And that game is Everdell. The art on this cover is, I, I like it a lot. It's just this little animal with a staff looking around the his little neighborhood of Everdell. You see some trees and some other little animals and critters, and it's just gorgeous. And the, the art on the box matches the art on the cart or the cards, which is really nice because sometimes box art, is irrelevant to the rest of the game, but it all ties in in this one, and I really enjoy that. So that my number one is Everdale. Awesome, and that is a really pretty game, and the production value just in general in that game is insane. So good pick. All right, so do you have any honorable mentions that you would like to discuss? A ton. Let's see if we cross over on any of these. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one, and you go, oh yeah, me too, or you can just say, oh I didn't think of that one, or whatever you want to say, Jason. I, I'm not I'm not. <laughs> all right, you go. do what you want to do. Uh, one that I would guess is on your list too is Takedo. That's a really pretty game. It's not, but yeah, it is. I do agree with you. Uh, Rajas of the Ganges. I think that game looks good. I don't think the box necessarily looks good. Evolution looks better than the game is for that, sure. That's true. <laughs> uh, Arboretum, the new edition, like the cover of it's really pretty. Um, Coimbra. I yep, think that was has, on my short list. Cool box. Heaven and Nail has a good box too. Um, it's like a stained glass looking box, but it's really cool. Um, Photosynthesis, really pretty box. Uh, a lot of blue orange games have pretty pretty boxes. Um, Yamatai did make my short list. Lisboa and Vinos, both on my short list. I like you know tools art. Um, Ashes, Rise of the Phoenixborn, that has really nice art and throughout the whole game, but the box cover is really good as well. Um, and then. M-Y-R-M-E-S. Merms? Is that I think is what it's called? Yeah. It's got like a big mushroom on the front of it. Yeah. I think this is Something a really like cool that. picture. So um never played the game, but I just think the box looks interesting. Like I've picked that game up and been compelled by it a few times. So um those are my picks, Jason, for honorable mentions. Yeah, I have a couple crossovers. I have Lisboa. I have um Coimbra. I also wrote down the Bloody Inn. Celestia. Because I think that box is really slick. That is. And one that I didn't write down, but I should have, and that is Takenoko, because that cute little panda is adorable. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, type that out as well. That is true. 
Um, there's a lot of good games with good box art. Um, Raccoon Tycoon's amazing. Uh, I even like Orleone. Like the box art on it is like a distinct style, but it's pretty good, really. Um, Flick 'em Up has cool art on it. Azul is a pretty box. Um, there's just a ton. Um, Marco Polo, that's a really pretty box. <laughs> yeah. Hansa Teutonica, uh, it's a really pretty box. Yeah, those, pe- those people are super well drawn. <laughs> Kalis is very good. Um, Happy Pigs, Happy Pigs has a very be- beautiful box. <laughs> Just start looking around and naming every game that you see. Um, yeah. <laughs> Newton, that apple, man. That apple is amazing. Oh, another one that is really actually amazing is uh, Feudum. That's got really cool art in it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. You know what neither of us mentioned, and we're going to lose our board gaming license? What's that? Scythe. Yeah, I don't necessarily like that art style a ton. So that, I mean, I don't know. And Ingspan Way. <laughs> we can't, the game of which we do not mention. Um <laughs> My, my my I haven't played still. Uh my wife owns it, won't let me play her copy. I bought her like the upgraded like animal food, like bird food from yeah. Meeple Source. And it was like three months away from being delivered. And I was like, Oh, that'll be cool. We'll play with the tokens for a while and then it'll be kinda neat to play with this upgraded stuff. I just got a shipping notification today and we still haven't played. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. At some point, like and I would it would be weeks before I'd even notice. Someone's going to steal the copy of Wingspan from my house and leave a note saying, when you want your Wingspan back, let me know. But this game deserves to be played right now. And I'll understand. It'll be fine. So. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Don't do that. I'm not being literal, okay? Just leave my Wingspan alone, please. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Jason. Well, this is a short one. Yeah. I mean, we said what we needed to say. We did. Uh, I guess next week we'll have to do the obligatory Origins preview maybe or maybe the week after. Um, And we're hitting con season, so stay tuned. Um, Anyway, I don't have anything else to say, Jason. Nope, me neither. I've been Joel, and keep gaming. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming.